0: Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane of Sarah Jane. And today I have a fellow chiropractor, but he's not just a chiropractor. And I just told him that normally I do not need to read a list of anything uh, that my guests have done, but with him, I'm going to make an exception. So not only is he a chiropractor, he has his master's of science in human nutrition. He's certified nutrition specialist, certified clinical nutritionist, certified strength and conditioning specialist. He does kinesio taping factor, Graston, low level laser. He's a CrossFit level one trainer. And I haven't even gone through the whole list. This guy knows his stuff. I have seen him speak several times. I have read his book Inside Out Health. I recommend that to my patients because it is an easy read in the fact where you're going to understand what he's saying to you and you can implement those changes daily. So please without further ado, please welcome the highly educated Dr. Robert Silverman into the fast lane with me today.
1: Good morning, good day, and good evening wherever everybody is. How are you? I'm excited to be here. That was a great intro. You know what? You are hired at least to do my intros, to chat with me, do all these funny things. I I greatly appreciate that. No, on a serious note, I'm really happy to be here. I mean, we have a very similar mission and our mission is to help people, you know, uh, in their health. Their health journey right now.
0: Yes. Now, I love that you said that because chiropractic sometimes will have a bad name and people say, Mm -hmm. I don't believe in chiropractic. It's voodoo X, Y, and Z. And then you have the practitioners like you, you're on a much higher scale than I am. I'm in a town of 1200, but Mm. we look at the whole body. We don't just whack them and crack them. You're not just in our office for five minutes to hear a pop. We're looking at the whole body. So tell me how you came on your journey to help people like you have.
1: Yeah, that that was a great explanation. Um, I I think that's part, it's it's interesting because I travel nationally, internationally and always wear a fleece that says Westchester Integrative Health, uh, this chiropractic care and people come over and say, oh, by the way, um, my back hurts, can you adjust me? Which is great, which is great. I know you rolled your eyes, it's great. At least they know that we're entry for a lower back. But what they don't understand is our training is the whole body. We're looking at the body, if you will, from the inside out we're taking biochemical ideas, matching them with mechanical ideas and really knitting the body in concert between those two themes together. Um, My journey is interesting in that I have congenital torticollis and the medical model had no help for me. It it was uh, unfortunate uh, at 18 to um, expedite my, my whole conversation. I went to a medical doctor and um, the guy said he, I gave me two options. He says, I can do surgery. I can pull on this fibric muscle. I can guarantee you a scar after that. I'm really not sure what I can do, or you can try this thing called chiropractic and I know they won't kill you. And that was a long time ago. That was almost forty. <laughs>
0: years.
1: So I went to a chiropractor and to be frank, I went to a chiropractor and had a really bad, you know, the chiropractor that sometimes we shun just like in any other field mm-hmm. really didn't do it for me. It wasn't until I was 21 had a college basketball back injury where I met somebody who still practices and is now my patient. And he really, you know, he, he he turned the lights on the star spangled banner went and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I realized what chiropractic could be, you know, it was a while ago, it was 35 years ago, but it was exciting to be able to help the body without any surgical and drug intervention. And that doesn't mean that chiropractors are against surgery or against drugs. We offer an adjunctive therapy. We're not alternative. I really hate that word, alternative to what? We are adjunctive. We are on that list of things to do because nobody is a better lifestyle practitioner than a chiropractor, nobody. Nobody understands the different integration of the systems. Nobody talks nutrition. Nobody talks exercise. Nobody talks everyday health. Nobody talks if here's an option to a drug or this is what you would take because the drug may have a side effect. Mm -hmm. And for me, everybody should utilize a chiropractor. And what's very disconcerting is that most people or not enough of America are utilizing chiropractic and truly understanding what chiropractic can bring to the healthcare paradigm.
0: So when you, were, you said you had a bad experience, I think it's interesting that when people go to a chiropractor and have a bad experience, a lot of times they're not going to go to another one because it was bad. But you're going to go to another medical doctor, you're going to go to another eye doctor, you're going to another dentist. Why do you think that if we go to a chiropractor and we have a bad experience, people just, that's it, I'm not going again?
1: I concur. I hear that all the time. And it's something that I say a lot. You'll go to another primary care. Like you said, you'll go to another orthopedist, you'll go to another foot doctor, whatever it may be. You won't go to another chiropractor. And I think that's because it's a twofold problem. One, we're not in the hospitals. We are, but we're really not mainstream in the hospitals. You and I both know we have chiropractors that are in hospitals. Now they're in Harvard and other hospitals of note. However, it's not the thought that a chiropractor is in a hospital. So That's problem number one. Problem number two, I think that medical doctors have done a poor job of understanding what we do. And maybe the third problem is sometimes the people that have the microphone in chiropractic don't do the kind of job that you and I like with that microphone and really explain this is where we were here's where we are. And here's what we can do for you as opposed to fighting amongst the two of us. When I say the two of us, the two factions, if there's two, there may be 18 in chiropractic. So I always said that two problems with chiropractors are they eat their young. And if you get two chiropractors in a room, you have three treatment techniques. And that's part of the problem, but I do believe it's the microphone. And I think podcasts like you have giving the opportunity to chiropractors to come on and pontificate what we do really will help the vision of the population to what chiropractic is.
0: Absolutely. Because there is bad people in every profession. So you're going to find bad teachers, bad medical doctors, bad plumbers, bad electricians, bad chiropractors. You're going to in in every aspect of any type of job. So the thing is, is that it's difficult for us when my husband said this to me one time, don't you get tired of having to explain and defend what you do? Because we eat, we eat a lot differently than most people. We're pretty, we have a non-toxic household. I'm a chiropractor. We believe in all this different stuff. And I said, You know, I, I'm just so used to it because I truly believe in what I do and how we live and listening to you speak, you're the same way because I heard you say you went out to eat and you said, I don't want veg, you know, I don't want these cooked in vegetable oil. People look at us sometimes like we're high maintenance, but why do you think that we're looked at as high maintenance when we're just doing what's best for ourselves? Like who, who are other people to judge?
1: We are an unhealthy population. And people don't like to be shown that there's an alternative. Everybody thinks if there's another way that their way was deemed wrong and we're judging them. And that's not correct. It's funny you mentioned vegetable oils. So I do all these little 60 second spots trying to get the word out. They're on TikTok. They're nothing funny. There's no dancing. There's no pointing. It's 60 seconds or less. It's on Instagram. And my number one by far, which we just did the other day, was no more vegetable oils. What a vegetable oil is? Well, what vegetable oil is? Not a vegetable. It's a seed oil it's an unhealthy oil. It's one that everybody should avoid. If you want to increase your inflammation and have deleterious effects on your life, consume a vegetable oil. If you want to have health promoting benefits, extra virgin olive oil, uh, coconut oil, macadamia nuts, etc. And I think the problem is that people don't understand that we live in an unhealthy society. We're 4.25% of the world's population. Yet, if you want to talk about COVID, we were over 18% of the death. You can talk about all the politics and the jab and this and that, but the bottom line is we are not healthy. Our immune system wasn't functioning and the comorbidities of obesity and blood sugar are rampant. Which is when I put them together, I call it a portmanteau. It's diabetes. So we are an unhealthy population. You and I mm-hmm. value health. Jim Rome once said, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. So, real simply, there is no asset that's more valuable than your health. A happy man finds happiness from a thousand things. A sick man finds happiness from one. He needs to be healthy.
0: And when you were talking about the obesity uh, statistics, sometimes I find it difficult. I am all about being comfortable in your own body. I truly am. We all should love ourselves, but Mm -hmm. I don't like when we make it cool to be unhealthy. And sometimes people are making it cool to be unhealthy when really, uh, just at your seminar the other day, you showed some slides on what a person looks like um, even after liposuction, right? We get rid of the outside fat, but we still got all the fat, fat around our organs. When we talk about being healthy, we are not talking about people just being thin. That's not what this is about. It is having everything function at, at its optimal potential, right? So obesity, this is we're not talking about how you look. Like we, wouldn't, we don't judge people on that. Well, when we see someone who is obese, we think, Oh man, their knees, their heart, their lo- like, everything is working harder, right? Like, it's not a superficial thing when we're seeing someone that's obese, we, we like literally want to help them.
1: Agreed. It's our, it's our mantra, if you will. Yeah. And um, if you want some numbers on obesity, 75% of America is overweight or obese. That's three out of four people, obviously 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. So you're looking at one in eight, essentially, people are metabolically healthy. So seven out of people have a metabolic dysfunction, much of which, again, goes back to the blood sugar, the obesity, and all these problems, which are these tremendous comorbidities for any kind of infection. And that is one of the biggest reasons why our immune system doesn't function. Now, the unfortunate thing is these numbers are increasing every year there's this dramatic increase. These numbers have precipitously increased in children and young teenagers. We are an unhealthy society. So I ask everybody, what did you have for breakfast? What did you start to do for your health savings account? And I don't mean this health (laughs) savings account in your bank. What did you do? So if you didn't exercise, you didn't meditate, I get it. You're busy. What did you eat? don't tell me why I ate on the run and I had a bacon, lettuce, and cheese, you know, I'm from New York. So, or bagel, lettuce, and cheese, or something like that, a bunch of carbohydrates and everything. So I think for us as chiropractors, we have to give very succinct salient points three at a time to really educate the population. So out of those three, they'll remember at least one. So for instance, if you want to keep your gut healthy or you want to keep your body weight down, no gluten, no dairy. I know that doesn't work well in the Midwest and (laughs) your added sugars. So those are three things. Everybody should start today. Avoid your dairy, avoid your gluten and watch your added sugars.
0: Uh, We have, I have celiac. So I've avoided gluten for a really long time. And it's funny because when people start to avoid gluten, if they don't, even if you have celiac, sometimes you'll say, I, you know, hold the croutons, no bread, whatever. And people are rolling their eyes and people talk about judging. Like they need to stay in their own lane when it comes to that, because inflammation is a huge thing. And we just had that discussion because my husband, we have no gluten here and he had some at work and he did not feel well. And two days in a row. And I said, well, your body's not used to that stuff anymore. And now you got it. And your body's like, get rid of it, please. But people are so used to not feeling well. That's what they think. Like they think it's normal to not be able to. Get out of bed in the morning, or it's normal to not be able to bend over and tie your shoes when really you can do something about that.
1: Yeah, let me piggyback on what you said. I mean, think about when people wake up that we all run for the coffee cup or, we go, or the coffee mug or whatever. I need some caffeine. I go from Rambo to Rocky after my coffee <laughs> in the morning. I mean, when you think about it, you just had slept, hopefully, seven, eight hours. You should wake up and be revitalized. If you're not, something's wrong you should feel energetic. Doesn't mean you can't have your organic coffee in the morning and enjoy it and you should and you know, wake up, move around, get the blood circulating. But if you can't get out of bed and you feel worse in the morning than you did at night, something's wrong. Fatigue is the number one complaint in a doctor's office. It's insane. Fatigue is number one. And number two is some sort of gut issue. 72% of Americans complain of a gut issue more than once a month. 74% 74% say that they have it consistently, and 56% claim they never tell their primary care physician about their gut issues.
0: How many so, people do you see, speaking of gut issues, it's disturbing how many people do not have regular bowel movements, like they will go a week without one, and that's normal. And I've had, and i said this several times on this podcast, so people who have listen we'll know but i had a friend once and her child had gone like 17 days without going and the pediatrician was like well that's normal for a kid are you for real like i don't even i don't even know how you could think that would be normal can you imagine 17 days
1: No, I couldn't. And and what's interesting about that, the term is, are you regular? That means does this happen in a regular occurrence? And it really means does it happen in a proverbial daily occurrence? And the average American consumes eight grams of fiber per day when the appropriate number is 35 to 50 grams. So we're at about a 20 to 25% mark of what we're supposed to eat. And the fiber is a critical element. You know, it's funny. um, I was listening to Dr. Mark Hyman yesterday, and he was talking about weighing poop. Now, that's not a job that I really want to, you know, get, and I'm not going to do it on my day (laughs) off, but they weighed poop from people who ate fiber and didn't eat fiber. Those who didn't eat fiber, their poop was four to eight ounces. Those who ate a right amount of fiber, 35 to 50 grams, had four pounds of poop. So they were getting rid of all their toxins, they were forming and things were working as they should. So fiber has an indelible mark on people's healthcare and on their regularity. It's, it's a means of us to eliminate things that have no more use in the body. So that said, it's typically a daily occurrence.
0: So I know we're not going to add certified poop in investigator to your list of accomplishments, but because
1: I don't want to be full of poop.
0: (laughs) No, me either. (laughs) But I want to go back to a couple things that you do um, in your office. So you do Graston, I do Graston. Patients Mm. really like it. Have gotten really good results from that. On Thursday, I will receive my laser. Now, I've heard Dr. Silverman a couple times speak on laser. I've kicked around the idea. My best friend from chiropractic school got a laser, brought it to Alabama. We all used it. I used it at the seminar last week on my elbow. Mm -hmm. Uh, After five minutes, I was able to use a coffee cup, which I'm not usually able to do. I was able to open and close my Yeti a water bottle, not able to usually do. So I got a laser and I get it on Thursday. So Dr. Silverman tell us some of the benefits that people are going to see in my office that they have seen in your office with the laser.
1: That laser that you purchased is going to revolutionize your already established elite practice. Cause it's going to heal the body in a very quick manner. So it's when we say laser, it's photonic energy. So there's no rubbing, there's no vibration, there's no heat. And that's a big thing. People say, hey, you're not touching me. There's no heat. Heat is not the answer. And, and this, is, this is sort of like a watershed moment for people in their life when you say heat isn't an answer because everybody's put heat on their body or created heat because it makes them feel better for 30 minutes, but two hours later, they're worse. Oh, I put heat on my sciatic nerve. It felt great for 30 minutes and two hours. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Stop adding the heat. Ice, obviously, heat to ice, much better choice. To really take it to the next level, the laser is photons, photonic energy. Invisible light, or if you will, visible light. That visible light gets absorbed by the body, by the cell membranes, and cascades healing. Healing is a cellular experience. So when you apply the laser, you're getting cellular regeneration and cellular communication. The cellular regeneration occurs with healing because of efficient ATP production. Now, everybody knows ATP production because we all know mitochondria from high school biology, and that's fabulous. Cellular communication is because the photons allow the interlinking and the communication between nerves and the cell membranes. And as long as the body communicates in an appropriate manner, it should be a mellifluous soliloquy. If you want to use some (laughs) intriguing words, it should really sound beautiful. You know, when it, you know, when a car purrs, it really runs beautifully. And when it does it and it makes noise, something's wrong, same thing with your body. That car is giving off exhaust, same thing with your body. The laser is going to allow you to interlink all these different things and do it in such a way that it comes with multiple FDA clearances. Having been a clinical investigator on an FDA clearance I can tell you the time and the effort and, and truly the investment in trying to get it through and what was done. So FDA clearances, I would not use a modality without an FDA clearance. The laser you're talking about, the Econia laser has 28 to 23 that are given to over-the-counter lasers. So the big FDA clearances are lower back pain, frozen shoulder, plantar fasciitis, and the Pierre resistance, is nociceptive musculoskeletal painful body. So any joint, any muscle, any nerve in the body in your chiropractic armamentarium can be addressed through laser. So all your patients, you already know, you're going to use it with your already established clinical techniques. This is going to work in concert with them and take everybody to the next level. So if somebody's got a musculoskeletal injury you're going to apply it, doc. If somebody's got a concussion or a brain injury, and I think that's where we're going, you're going to apply it. Functional medicine, where the gut is the epicenter of your health, you can apply it to the gut. So my suggestion for anybody who's watching a podcast and wants to make an appointment, try something that's been nagging or hasn't resolved. I think you're going to be happy with the results.
0: When you brought up fasciitis, and I felt the same way in the seminar, I usually do Graston. And it's effective, but people- hate it. They hate Graston for fasciitis. And mm. I watched how it's done with the laser. And that alone will be huge for people because they won't hate coming to be treated. Like they'll be, they're always happy with the result, but have you had Graston on your foot? It doesn't feel great.
1: No, it doesn't feel good at all. And it is effective. And so what's beautiful with the laser again, being working in synergy with chiropractic techniques or a standalone is exactly what I said, you can just apply the laser or you can apply the laser during Graston or after Graston. And I think that the laser works for the fascia very simply because there's a red light and there's a violet light. And the red light's more for musculoskeletal healing and the violet light has that immune, it's anti-pathogen, but it also works to release fascia. So when you get the combination, you're getting a balance in what we call the autonomic nervous system, and you're getting a balance at the injured area. So what I found work really well, other than adding the laser is with the Graston, I no longer go for the gusto, and I'm not going with for the bruise. I do more mechanical vibration. Harvard's shown the mechanical vibration to fascia is the key element overall, allowing it to heal and break up its tightness. You do that while you laser, man, those tight nodules in those areas are really gonna turn around. Now, for me, I believe that fascia is a critical element and I think it's very overlooked. So for everybody listening, fascia is the white stuff that when you pull the skin away from the chicken is in there. So you got the meat, you got the skin and you've got that white stuff with this fascia. So fascia really attaches the skin to the meat of the muscle. It's very overlooked in many practitioner's office. So the problem occurs that the fascia gets really tight, but the muscle isn't tight and people keep pounding and pounding and pounding on the muscle to no avail. So when you look at the body, you want to look at the body again from the inside out going in this manner. As you get past the bone, you're going to get all these structures like tendons, ligaments, arteries, nerves, veins, and at the top, fascia. It's the wetsuit of the body. It's the saran wrap. So think of saran wrap and pull it tight. That poses an issue. You've got to unravel that fascia. Laser is going to be a tremendous addition to unraveling the fascia in the body. Mm -hmm. And I guess I should make one more note for everybody who doesn't know that much about fascia. It's an intracellular signal. So if your fascia is tight, it's signaling inflammation.
0: And that is a whole nother podcast in itself. We could talk about inflammation. Absolutely. Uh, um, Also, I liked it for sprained ankles, because I'll get a lot of sprained ankles in my office. And it looks, it seems as the studies have shown, the rate at which people heal is just much quicker. They're back on the field or back on the court much quicker than with no treatment at all, which normally people do.
1: Yeah, sprained ankle is one of the most common sports injuries, the number one recurrent sports injury. One of the biggest problems is the lack of proprioception, the ability to reset your sense of awareness between your nervous and your muscular system. The laser has a great effect to the brain and the cerebellum and proprioception. And it also helps heal at that injured structured level. Um, I think what a lot of people realize is it's, it's a ligament involved and with a sprained ankle and that ligament, ligaments take a while to heal. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of deaffrontation between the foot and the and the brain. So laser is going to work on a two-fold um, manner. It's going to work at such right at the injured area. And it's also going to work through proprioceptive feed because you can apply laser to the cerebellum and help with proprioception, which basically means the person's now going to retrain how they're Brain receives information so they can walk appropriately. Because a lot of people, after sprained ankle rest, so the structure heals with scar tissue, you've got this deaffrontation and you constantly invert all the time, always pulling on the ligamentous or the scarred ligamentous, and it keeps reoccurring. So for me, that was one of the first things that I applied in my office to a lot of sprained ankles because they are without question difficult to resolve, though they're not a life-threatening injury. However, if a woman who's much more susceptible to a knee injury, like an ACL injury, than a man, has trouble with their proprioception and their ability to land after a jump, that sprained ankle dramatically increases the incidence of ACL injuries in women athletes. Hmm.
0: Wow. Listen to this intelligent guy. And people think sometimes chiropractors are not, I mean, you take it to the next level, Dr. Silverman. It's great. And pe- people with, um, there's really no contraindications for laser other than pregnancy. Yeah. Pacemakers. Pregnancy
1: and pacemakers. I get that question all the time. Um, I had a couple of questions overseas today. Was there a contraindication for viruses? no. You're not going to wake a virus up. The violet light, as we talked about, actually has a killing effect on viruses. On viruses, it didn't say COVID-19, so you don't have to get a lot of uh, right. post-podcast <laughs> questions. Um, so those are the two contraindications. Um, and now there are practitioners who will tell you that through pregnancy, they'll laser the other areas. It, you know, As we all know, unfortunately for a woman if they're pregnant, almost everything is a no bueno and feel so bad about it. And the pacemaker, it's just like any modality. There's a fear that adding any modality to someone who has a pacemaker may adversely affect their battery uh, levels and everything. There's been nothing proven. However, once again, we do no harm. Err on the side of caution.
0: Great. So in respect to your time, uh, what would be something that you would tell people Uh, about their health that they could implement today to get on their journey of health?
1: You know what? If they're going to get on a journey of health, the first thing I would tell them is without question, decrease their sugar intake. Avoid fructose. Oh my God, no fruits. Anything that's called fructose on a label is considered or could be considered high fructose corn syrup. Fructose consumption is the number one reason for gout, And it's the number one reason for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. If you want to have some fruits, you want to have some berries, that's fine. Just don't eat a cornucopia at one time. Oh, I had this great fruit salad. I had these 18 different fruits. That's too much. Fruit is okay. Too much fructose isn't okay. Carbohydrates are not essential for living. Fats and amino acids are. So if you're not sure what not to eat at that meal, avoid your carbohydrate consumption. And whatever you do, Jack O'lane, who was a chiropractor once said, if man meets it, I won't eat it. So if it's in a bag and it's been processed, 60% of the calories that Americans have come from ultra processed food. Another 10% come from processed food. So you're left to 30% are whole foods. If we could just decrease our ultra processed foods, look at the mark we would make on our health. And that's some of the biggest problems. People don't read food labels and understand what's hidden in the ingredients in the food labels.
0: And I don't think people understand how addicting sugar is. Isn't sugar more addicting than cocaine?
1: Yeah, um, sugar, when mice were offered sugar, they took sugar over cocaine 94% of the time. Sugar works with the reward center in your brain. So sugar without question is a drug. As a matter of fact, it's the most used over-the-counter drug in America today. Dairy is also a drug because dairy, it's something called caseomorphines. You get a morphine release um, after eating dairy. And that's the reason when I say dairy to people, go, no, cheese tastes so good. I feel so good. You couple that with some wine. Of course, the alcohol passes the blood-brain barrier, and it's a drug. I get it. But we'll leave the dairy alone. You're in the Midwest. Let's just decrease our sugar intake, watch our carbohydrates, avoid ultra-processed foods. And remember, if man makes it, Jacqueline says, don't eat it.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been very informative and very, it's educational and entertaining. And that is what I like to provide. And Dr. Silverman is obviously encouraging people to do better, be better, live better every day. That's my motto. So thank you, Dr. Silverman, for this wonderful chat.
1: My pleasure and keep up the good work. I'm impressed. Thanks for listening
0: to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.